think I've been cussing since I was eight or nine. But also, who cares? Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm exhausted. I am exhausted as well. I don't know what it is about March. I I don't know. I I feel like everyone is overwhelmed and tired and exhausted and like overburdened. I think I think it's spring. I think coming out of winter and moving into spring. Yeah, and you're like, oh, finally. But also, I just came out of winter. And also, why are so many things due right now? Like, I just feel like everything is due. I just I don't know what happened. The world the world woke up. It's like spring comes and then everyone's like, here's a meeting on your calendar. I don't, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to go. Yeah, I don't want it. Anyway, well, it's a morning episode. Have a seat, y'all. This is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. And I'm Darren. And before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at That BLK Couple, on Facebook at That Black Couple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. You can stream episodes on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, uh, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on you know every place that that you can find podcasts. You can find us. And remember, Patreon subscribers get extra content that can only be found at Patreon.com. So you should subscribe today. Absolutely. This is episode six of season four of That Black Couple, and I want y'all to go grab. You know, I don't know. Get something caffeinated. I'm tired, and I feel like we just got to push through the rest of this month. Something with espresso in it. Something with a shot of something that will keep you awake. Yes. Yeah, energy drink, whatever you got to do. It's a rundown episode. We got a lot to cover. Are you ready? Oh, you know I'm ready. Okay, let's get started. Let's go. All right, first things first. Um, we lost someone. Yeah, this first segment is a little, um, yeah. a little hard. Yeah, it's a little hard. I mean unexpectedly um very young very young um he passed only at 60 years old who is it um this is lance reddick lance reddick and it's really interesting because i feel like i know this man's name most most black men from that generation in hollywood i don't know their actual name i'm like the dad from greenleaf or Mm -hmm. you know i don't know their actual name um unless it's delroy lindo because like who else is named <laughs> delroy lindo right there's only one delroy lindo you know what i'm saying but lance reddick is like i so so i first encountered lance reddick when i was young young i used to watch really inappropriate tv shows for my age mm-hmm. but i was always obsessed with um cop shows and prison shows because i hated i hated prison and i was like a little baby abolitionist and I would watch these shows, and I would be I would be seething. Um, but I, I I discovered Lance Reddick on Oz, and it's a show that aired like around nineteen ninety seven to two thousand three, and it was a really intimate um, portrayal of 
the prison system. And yeah. it was awful. I mean, it was awful and brutal the things they were doing to folks um, on this show. But Lance Reddick had a really significant role on the show. I remember watching his entire character arc um, and fell in love with his weirdness and his his very distinctive look. Um, and it followed, you know, all his entire career. I just kept following all the works he did. And I mean, he's been in so many things. He's just, I mean, he's so well known. I, I know my, for me, the most iconic role for me was when he was on Fringe. On Fringe, yeah. Uh, partly because I just fucking love Fringe is one show. of the greatest shows of all time. It's just such a good <laughs> it show. It is, I but, mean. But he's, there's something about him so kind of mysterious, so kind of ominous. Yeah. Um, he had that voice. He looked real scary, even though he probably was a very nice man. Yeah, and I, I think he was, he was known to be a very, a very, very kind nice, man. Yeah. But he always played these very terse, like, police chiefs or, you know, um, a deviant, a criminal. And I think that's so interesting because um, even though he played these really distinctively kind of bad <laughs> characters yeah. or um, authoritative characters or patriarchal characters, I still really, I, I, I fell in love with his presence on screen and um like came to associate him with shows that i would probably be interested in watching yeah it's just you could always expect his performance to be top tier absolutely it doesn't it didn't matter how big or small his role was you know you knew it was going to be top tier every time so i want to talk about this because um he passed away this week and and the family said he died of natural causes and um you know, I, I think I think there's something to that, right? Um, you know, obviously I'm a I'm a I'm a black feminist, a black queer feminist. I'm obsessed with black women. Um, I wake up and I live, eat, and breathe um, black women. Yeah. Um, but I love all black people, and you know, we got to talk about the fact that black men are just dying too quickly, too soon. You know, um, we've talked about on the show uh, losing black men to um suicide and to other forms of internal community and self um oriented violences and things like that um but also we we haven't talked about just kind of like you know aging and weathering and and the ways that we kind of normalize black men dying of heart attacks and hypertension and all these things um in their 60s and and younger um, and I think that's, I mean, I'm thinking about my dad having passed away in 2014, you know, he was a very young guy, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, he died of esophageal cancer in 2014. He was only 63 years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's wild because, you know, when I posted that on Twitter and I was like, Hey, black men are dying too soon. The first thing people said was they got to go to the doctor. Like they're not taking care of their bodies, and that was that was exactly what happened with my dad. Like he he was very anti Western medicine for good reason, and um, didn't trust doctors, and he was really sick, and he suffered for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I just I just I, I I don't know exactly how to feel about it um, or how to think about it, but I just think we need to have a conversation in the long term about black men um, dying in their fifties and sixties from you know air quotes natural there's nothing natural about dying um at the age when folks are considering retirement it's it's wild because you know when when lance reddick passed it was like so out of the blue i mean i i checked i checked his imdb 
because I was like, oh my god, like completely out of the blue. I, you know, I look, he has like multiple. I think it's over seven projects, like that he's already shot that haven't even come out yet. And so it's like it's not like this is someone who who had any kind of outward looking health issues or you know anything that that would be a flag, right? right? This was an active person working very regularly, yeah. right? To, and then for him to be gone from natural causes, right? Like you said, it's it's it, to me, it's one of those things. You know, we need to look out for each other. We need to check in on each other. Yeah, we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like we're all still mourning the loss of Chadwick Boseman. He was only forty three years old. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, this. Why are we not talking about this? Why Why is this not? a bigger conversation i think it's worth i think it's worth having an ongoing it's so interesting how we waste so much breath talking about the ways that black men hate black women but we don't have enough time to talk about the ways that black men can't even sustain their own life Mm. you said it all right there it concerns me where are our priorities i just think it's interesting that so many black men can get on the internet and post all these stories about how they feel about light-skinned women and big booties and kim kardashian-esque looking people and all these things but, but where are the conversations about taking care of black men and putting black men's health first? Mental health and physical health. Yes. Where are those conversations? It's just concerning to me. And then we normalize our fathers, our fathers, not our grandfathers, but our fathers just dying before they even meet their grandkids. Make that make sense? I can't. Me either. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash media. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. We're back. And we are back. Now, this is a rundown episode, so we're not going to hold y'all long. Yeah. But there's a couple things going on that we want to talk about. Absolutely. And we should. And we will. And we are. Now, the first thing I'm going to bring to the table is all this mess with TikTok. I honestly, okay, so this TikTok thing, I thought it was a joke. I did not take it seriously. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way. Well, there there was a story where conservatives were mad at some other platform. And this was probably like maybe six months to a year ago that sounded like TikTok, but, but wasn't actually TikTok. And so I think in my head, I thought this was still that where they were mad at some other thing that wasn't TikTok. And then... Sorry, let me like this joint because this is crazy. <laughs> Lo and behold... This is wild. No, they're talking about real TikTok. They're talking yo. about real t- TikTok. They're talking about, they're talking about banning TikTok from the US. It's already been banned in India. And being considered in how many other countries? I don't even know how many. It's like the UK. The UK, right. Uh, and here's the everywhere. Thing. Here's the thing. Let's get the background on it, right? We know that, listen, listen, okay. We know China be doing some stuff, okay. We know China, Russia, you know. They got them balloons. Listen, it's some interesting stuff going on. And I'm saying this quietly because maybe that will keep us safer. You know what I'm saying? Or be surveillance. Mm-hmm. My point being is that, like, that's concerning. And, and we saw China's handling of COVID. It's a lot of information coming out of China right now that is not great and is very scary, actually. 
um, about the risks that are being taken with people's actual lives. Mm -hmm. So I understand wanting to limit access to the American people with regards to to the Chinese government. That right. it makes sense to me. I think where I'm struggling is is because it's happening this in this moment where we're seeing these conservative attacks on everything that seems, you know, air quotes woke. Mm -hmm. um, and now Twitter is is gone because of that, right? Because of Elon Musk's obsession with Trump and obsession with conservatism and obsession with money and buying things. And all the above. And all the above. So we had this beautiful space where folks were mobilizing one another and engaging with the world. And now we don't even have that shit anymore. And now it's like, okay, so now TikTok, which I would say has innovated uh, social media, especially for, mm -hmm. um, what's the generation after us? Z? Yes. And what's after Z? And beyond? It's, it's some kind of new name. Do we call them and beyond? Generation Z <laughs> and beyond? No. Like, like Buzz Lightyear? Like Buzz Lightyear. No, I don't think um, that's how that works. Oh, man. I'm going to call them that. Okay. It works so when now. I say and beyond, just know who I'm talking about. No. Wow. Okay. But my point being that, you know, there, 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 this is a complicated conversation because I see merits in absolutely advocating for the types of free speech claims that people have around TikTok and, and social media in general. Mm -hmm. At the same time, what folks often don't focus on is that our free speech is usually mediated by private industry. Exactly. Every yeah. time we get ready to say something, it's a corporation ready to sit there and brand it. And, and that's what's so interesting about this particular case because... It's like the perfect like situation to have this conversation because right. it's not even just that it's an American company. It's that this is a foreign company. Right. Right. So all those conversations about free speech. Um, right. Because the, the problem here is if, if y'all are not up on it, like I wasn't up on it until yesterday. <laughs> um, the problem here is that TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. Right. It's called ByteDance. And so the problem is the way China works. Right. China's government could say, give me all the information on all Everything your users. Right now. And, and that would mean like literally half of America. Yes. The information and the, the information government. that TikTok has. Yes. The government now has. Correct. And our government is saying that is a huge, huge yes. security risk. Yes. And it is. It is. And it's astonishingly, frighteningly real. Real. And we have to really take these things seriously. And we I do. think too often as a, com as a country, we don't. As, as general people, we do not. And also because we have this kind of like immediate satisfaction thing where it's like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to give my information away. And I've heard so many, I've had so many conversations where I'm asking questions like, oh, is that safe? Mm -hmm. And the response is, well, they already got it. Or something dismissive of the ways that we are continuing to be asked to give our information to the oh, government that we don't we, understand. We give our information away for everything. It right. doesn't even matter anymore. And, no, I'm, not, and I'm not judging because I did that shit too. Because mm -hmm. when that AI shit came out, I said, them pictures is pretty. And I put my <laughs> fucking face in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I sure fucking did. I put my face in there. You know what I'm saying? And like, well, I'm sitting here like, mm, I don't know about 23 and me. I'm still tempted. I kind of want to do it. And a lot of my friends who, who said they weren't going to do it have done it. You know what I'm saying? So I want us to have this conversation, not just about TikTok, but also about the ways that we've kind of really gotten comfortable with giving away our information. And it's getting, it's getting really scary. Like the implications to me are looming. Um, and I'm just hoping that we have more conversations about it. Yeah, like I, I don't want to 
do no conspiracy doom theory doom shit. Doom like I don't want to go doom. there. But the but the problem is like you're saying it's we've given away so much, we've right. put so much out there. Right. It really only takes one of those things right. to go left to where there's a real issue and i feel like like covid is a great example absolutely of, of where we thought oh we're so good we're so safe ain't nothing gonna happen bop right. bop 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 and all of a sudden one thing happened, it happened. and then it was fucking very and real and that. we was in the house for two and years that was that so it's like that you know let's just be aware let's just open our eyes that's it that's it that's it now what you got next okay 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 so okay i don't even know how to say it, this but i'm gonna say it <laughs> Are you listening to me? I'm going to say it. I'm so ready. Okay. So go with me. Go with me back a couple Sundays to um, the Oscars. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw that Till was not nominated and respected in the way it should be. The Woman King was not nominated and respected in the way it should be. So I went to Instagram and I said, oh, this is wrong. We, oh, this is bad. And one of the responses I got in, in, in my comment there was that, um, Tyler Perry should make his own show. His own award show. His own award show. And I went, ha, 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 and I shirked it off. I, I, the way I giggled, okay? <laughs> what did we say? It's like, we already got the NAACP we, I said, we already, I said, we already got the NAACP awards. We already got the BET awards. There's no, it, t- Tyler is not equipped, okay? Um, nor is Lee Daniels. I think that was the other option that mm. they, they set out. Yes. So, so, so well, let me tell you something. When this week I learned, <laughs> you, know, you know how something happened to a black man, they're like, he was trying to buy CBS. I did not expect this week that those things would be true. It's something about the news recently where you think it's the onion and you realize it's CNN. It's CNN. And or, 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 or it's just a lot of data news sources that you actually read every single day and they're just reporting. It's not like, a joke. You're like, hold up. It's not a Marlon <laughs> Wayne skit. Okay. So this week, Sean P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, The Daddy, Puff Combs put a bid in to buy BT. Yes, you did. And that in that that in and of itself would be enough for this conversation to be like, what is happening? But 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 there's more. Oh, there's more. Byron Allen, the looming Hotep Godfather of, of Black America, has also put in a bid to buy mm-hmm. BET. And that adding adding Byron Allen to Sean P. Diddy Puff, P. Diddy Daddy. Combs seems seems substantial. Seems wow. But then I learned that actually Tyler Perry is truly and and tangibly in this metaverse seeking to purchase BET Black Entertainment Television. He wants to make it the Tyler Perry Network. (laughs) Tyler Perry presents BT. I. <laughs> I. No, hold on. Hold I on. don't even watch Atlanta anymore, but I've watched the episode where he parodies Tyler Perry. I've watched it so many times. I think it's hilarious, especially yeah. when they throw hot grits at him and he goes, ah, no, my skin yeah. is hardened over time. I'm so used <laughs> to this. <laughs> like, 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 girl, what? But but hold on, because real talk, I heard this news and I was like, 
This is 2023. But real talk, real, real talk. Half the shows on BET are Tyler Perry shows. Right. And Byron Allen does so what much. What does he want? But he's he's trying to have like global domination. Did he of, just buy the Grio? Didn't I don't he know. Owned the Grio he owned the He done bought up so much black shit. It's crazy. But, but, but he's not even that black. But this is my thing though. Because I'm like, if any one of them actually bought BET, Here's the thing. Would it really change? Like, it'd be, I, it'd be what I, it already is. I think we should be allowed to either vote as a black co- commission or they should battle to the death. <laughs> like, I want a jousting match. I want I want tight, skin-tight spandex suits, the shorts, jumpsuits. I want wrestling. I, I, want, I want limbs off. I and want... And they can stream it on BET Plus. Oh, on BET Plus. And so that we all have to subscribe and then cancel our subscription 30 days later. <laughs> After the free trial. I want it to be like 300, but Tyler Perry presents. <laughs> Gave it to me. Yeah, see, who, who would you put your money on? I'm, 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 I know it sounds strange, but Byron Allen. I would too. Like, yeah. like my, my first instinct says, says Diddy because Diddy is yeah. wild and he, he, no, he got that my, crazy eye. No, no. The first instinct is Tyler because he's just big. He could just yeah, lay but, on a nigga. But but Diddy Diddy got that 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 crazy. I don't think he got it no more. That that, that New York. I don't. I think you know, you know when Solange said, "I tried to fuck it away." I think he fucked it away. Oh yeah, he. Mm. I think he been sliding up in too many light skinned over the hill, nondescript, wafy yeah. women, and he don't really have that edge no more. Not it's not the same. He's not edgy. But as as we both just agreed, I really feel like. Byron Allen would be Byron the dark Allen. Horse. I think you know why. Do you know why? I want to hear your, your rationale. There's no way you can be around white people that much for that long, and 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 not age. He don't look no different. No. Nope. He he doing something. He done sold. Uh, he done no. sold him. Yeah, you see what That's I'm saying? That's what it is. Illuminati. It's like, yeah. Have y'all seen the the new House Party movie? Yep. It's like Kill Cuddy. Yep. It's when, like when Kid Cuddy. Cuddy. It's the it's the fifth Byron this Allen. Is the sixth Byron Allen. Oh my god. Boom. <laughs> Breaking news, y'all. Look, I like how we brought it around at House Party. <laughs> we did watch that. Good job, Darren. <laughs> we did watch House Party. That was an interesting movie. It was a cute movie. It was, it was interesting. It was a cute movie. Let me tell you something. I, any movie with LeBron in it, I'm interested in because I want to see which LeBron he is. I want to see if he's the one that plays along the white guy who actually is kind of funny because all he has to do is make jokes because I know he does that in the locker room. He does. Or if he's like bad LeBron where I have to also do things emotional where he struggles, which is funny because he's an actual dad. And I hear he's an amazing father. Yeah, he so, just... But he, he cannot play a dad to save his life. Can't play, he can't, he can't play himself. He can't play himself. He can't play himself unless he's making fun of himself, which then is my great. other... When he's like, this is a perfect hairline. I love that shit. That's I love best. it. I love LeBron. He's he's the king, and he knows he's the king, so he can make fun of himself in person. <laughs> he can just have he can have his, his own face making fun of Beyonce. Can't even do that. She can't do that. Beyonce can't even come out and be like, "Well, I'm just Beyonce. I'm just average." Everyone would be like, oh, like everyone would die. Yeah, Kane could be like, "Look at my hairline, y'all." We're like, huh, he's perfect. Well. Speaking of Beyonce, I'm so sorry. That was, I'm. I, you know what? You gave me the I perfect segue, though. The perfect segue. Right, I did. That was a beautiful segue. Alley oop, alley oop. This was our watch oh, house party. Gorgeous. And I watched him play that game where he got demolished. Um, no spoilers. No um, spoilers. But yeah, like as I said, speaking of Beyonce, yes, Swarm is out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's it's funny that we're having this conversation about about what what you deemed the other night the Hotep Olympics to own BET. And I and I know I know this might be an unpopular opinion. I'm gonna say it anyway. Go ahead, dear. But we watched Swarm. Well, well let me, let me say this. Did we watch Swarm? Wait, we watched some. We watched half of it together. Or did Swarm watch us? And then I promptly fell asleep. And, and I then said, you watched I said, it. I said, I gotta keep going. I'm here now. I'm soldiering through. And then you, the next day, said, "You gotta watch it." My students told me I had to watch it, and I listened to the children. And after watching it, my reaction was. I need Donald Glover to stop making things. Okay, so that was my reaction after he made anything. I don't. What was his What was his stage name? Childish Gambino. Yeah. Okay. So like that too. Like any of that. I I've never subscribed to any of it. It's whatever the Kool Aid is that he then slips into y'all. I, hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. No judgment. You have your fun. Whatever he didn't slip into y'all drink, or whatever he didn't did to y'all, y'all stick with it. It's not. It's not. I don't want that Kool Aid. It's not for me. It's not my Kool Aid. It's it's like it's, an acquired it's like taste. when everyone says we having Kool Aid and you think it's gonna be red or or even maybe yeah. grape, and then they they bring you know like a pink one or or like or lime green and you're like yeah. who who gets that Kool Aid? Yeah. And but, but then you but, look around and, and everyone's like enjoying it. Y'all like it. He's like, hey, would you like to have this agua fresca? you know, banana flavor. And I'm like, absolutely not. And he's like, it's great. Taste it. And I'm like, absolutely not. And then I taste it. And I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. You're like, I knew it was going to be terrible. And I look around the room and everyone's like, mm. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but this, we were having this conversation and we were saying, this is, it's something, and I, I really hope I'm not offending nobody in this conversation. What? You probably are. Go <laughs> but, ahead. You do it. I but, don't want to do it. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I just feel like it's one of those things where to me, Donald Glover seems like he's doing this fake yeah. deepness thing. Like, I'm yeah. so deep and I'm doing something so different. Yeah. And then everyone else has to go like, oh, wait, he's doing something deep. So I got to okay, get so, on the train. So, so here, let me, let me, I'm going to do this. Let me, hand me the baton. Go ahead. Okay. It's past. Tap me in. So here's what I think. So let's, first of all, we haven't said anything about Swarm. So the main actress, Dominique Fishback, um, you know, I I'm not going to give a summary of the show. It's just it's a very strange show. It's a very strange show, but it's about a, a crazed fan. Let's just say that a crazed fan, and it very closely resembles the Beehive um, folks who are fans well, of Beyonce. Well, and and just just so everyone's aware, at the beginning of every episode, it has like a title card that says any semblance right to Reality real life is on purpose. Is on purpose. So it's basically, they're telling you. We're trying to parody things that, yeah. that are really happening in the world, right? Like, don't don't get it but twisted. That's, that's what that's all Donald Glover does. If yes. I'm being honest, that's all he knows how to do. He's unoriginal. He's not Ooh, creative. So all he can do is look at something that already happened and try to make another version. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's all he. That's all he has capacity to do, which is why his analysis is always so shallow. Yes. Right. So the 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 series is is weird the episodes are disjointed if you loved atlanta you'll feel at home um and uh the only thing that drew me in was dominique fishback because she's so strange and to see her doing the facial expressions and the weird shit and just a single tear rolling down the face over some really strange superficial strange shit that is just made up shit i was like wow this is this is acting like i 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I I fell in love with this awful person because she was doing it. I mean, no cap. No I was cap. watching it and I was like, I hate everything about this. Yes. But at the same time, I was like, does she deserve rewards for this? Right, right, right. Wasn't it complicated? Like, and, I didn't know what to do with that And feeling. I appreciated her for bringing me there. Because you know what? She took something out of Donald Glover's hand <laughs> and said, listen, baby, I'm a black woman. I got this. <laughs> and I'm proud of that, right? But what I will say about the Donald Glover thing that you just said, right? This, this, this whole thing um, with his fake deepness. I think there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. I think that there, unfortunately, I think 90% of Twitter is fake deep. Yes. Uh, 89% of Instagram is fake deep. And 116% of TikTok is fake deep. We have an entire fleet of people who are now calling themselves academics and scholars because they've watched YouTube videos. Accurate. And this is no shade about access. Access is an absolute thing. But there's also study and there's also rigor. And this there's is also, not me being elitist. There's also definitions of words. Right. This, this is not me being elitist. This is me saying, honor our foremothers. If you're going to say that you are a black feminist scholar or, or, or activist or whatever, just read. Hmm. Honor, honor our foremothers. That's all I'm asking. I'm not talking about the canon, the white folks and all that shit. I'm saying that if you're going to be sitting here talking to black folk about their lives and their livelihoods and the implications for their lives, just read. Just read. Listen to our ancestors. Listen to what Tony said and Audrey said, Ida said. They've given us so many lessons. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to make it up. And so when I look at what Donald Glover does, what bothers me about it is it's uninformed by a long history and a rich, rich culture of blackness and black study and black life. Mm -hmm. But he's trying to enter into a conversation as as if you're standing somewhere with your friend who has the same credential as you. Maybe you are both pro motorcyclists or you're like, you know, expert fishers. And this guy walks up and is like, hey, (laughs) I got this little worm on the end of my hook. (laughs) Give me the award. And then he gets it. And it's concerning. That's all I'm saying. Honestly, watching it, I was, it was really one of those things where I was like, how did this get made? Like, because enough people bought into the Donald Glover machine. Right, be- because I hadn't realized at that point that it was Donald Glover. Because honestly, I was having those questions like in the first 10 minutes. I was like, how did they, who who greenlit this? And then when I saw Donald Glover's name on it, I'm like, oh, that's how it got greenlit because it's, it's associated with him. Because like you said, these episodes are so disjointed. Like there is no storyline. And I found myself literally maybe every two or three minutes asking a question like, <laughs> what? Why'd they do that? Who was that? Why would you think that that's the way to go? And I love that you asked it out loud. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you catch yourself and you're like, I, I need to stop asking questions. And then a minute later, you're asking another question because it's just so confounding. Yeah. And that is my issue with Donald Glover is I feel like anything that he is, has his name on. I'm just sitting there bewildered the whole time. And it's because it's because of that fake deepness. It's because he's trying to portray some type of deepness when in reality, what it is, is actually very basic. Yeah. And so there's all this fluff and all this dressing and all this extra stuff on top of it. When it's really basic, like this, this whole thing for swarm at the end, I was like, Oh, so this is just a story about belonging. And it was that from the beginning. Right. And it was that from the beginning, but 
that's the most basic route that you could take with let me write a story about about Beyonce fans. Right. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. It's hard for me. Okay. Okay. Y'all go with me on this. I'm ready. I'm it's ready hard for me to exist in a world where both Jordan Peele and Donald Glover are making things on my television. Mm. Now let me explain why. I never liked Jordan Peele. I didn't I didn't watch Kean Peele. I was never into his form of comedy. He seemed very um much someone who would identify as mixed race as opposed to black. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I don't think he's for me. And then I saw some of his stuff and I was like, mm, and it never moved me. I didn't really laugh. But when this young man made Get Out, when this young man made Us, when this young man made Nope, he studied. That's the difference. He did so much work to not only honor the craft, but also he looked back at so much black horror and black culture. And black Westerns. Black Westerns. And and worked with black actors who understood the assignment. Mm. And he he did he did the labor I think it takes to make really beautiful uh renditions and renderings of creepy and weird black life we're talking about black horror weird shit you know what i'm saying aliens that's parasites in the sky and making nickels fly through not delroy lindo's head <laughs> you know and you know got kiki palmer walking around with that lesbian afro i don't know why everyone thinks that lesbians have oh i don't have an afro i, I don't you know don't have afro. i had to catch myself i was like wait you do i have it. an afro you dodged it. You good. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. But everybody think we got the Lori Lightfoot. We don't all have the Lori Lightfoot. And that brings it back to Swarm. Okay. Because that lesbian hold afro on, on, is on. in Swarm, y'all. But let me let me get back to this. Go right? ahead. Continue. So, so what I'm saying is, is I think that Jordan Peele is a corny dude. He, you know, don't he sleep with white women and Asian women and stuff? Yeah, he married to a white woman, I believe. Right. So, like, you know, very similarly, you know, typically to Donald Glover kind of same arc of history but they've made such different culturally iconic uh media because i feel i feel it has to do with the research and the intention and unfortunately i think donald glover having been the kenya barris the white friend the black friend to the white people the one pepper's little dab in the salt pile or whatever all his life Mm. has been getting accolades from white people who enjoy this stuff who enjoy watching this traumatic awful black parody shit that he makes and since he's done it for so long and because we're in this moment of a lack of actual rigor and study his his type of production becomes a a kind of baseline norm and that's concerning to me that's concerning to me like real basic stuff becomes the benchmark in moments where folks are not studying. Well, in moments where folks are not engaging with our history and our culture and, and, and the images and renditions of us that have existed for the last century. But, but this is, this is, this is the thing, right? So two things. Number one, like we always say is, you know, everything black don't gotta be excellence no black, it don't black mediocrity is okay too sure right 
But we ain't got to make trauma porn every time we make something. But the the thing about Donald Glover, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to act like I know this man and that we don't hung out and I've, I've asked him questions about how he came up and how he thinks about things. But just on paper, this is, this is a dude who went to school. He went to NYU and got a, got a degree in writing for film, right? But he came out of school and the first job he had, I believe, was on 30 Rock. <laughs> right? And no shade. I mean... It's hard to make it, right? Okay, you, you get in where you can fit in, right? He probably loved that shit. I'm sure he loved it. But but I feel like when you look at early Donald Glover, everything that he did was, like you said, the pepper and the salt shaker. Yeah. Everything, you know, and again, no shade. You got to make it where you make yeah. it. But I feel like then he had a turn where everything was like, I now have to counter. Now I'm black. And I'm like, I, I, I don't. Yeah, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Stay over there. Like it's, it's it's okay. Yeah, I'm. I I loved him on Community. I loved it. it he was, was great. He was on great. Community. He was the black. It was very funny. Community. Yep. But I feel like this is kind of and and again, this is just me making assumptions. Is I don't you know I don't know, but I feel like this is also one of those things where when you're in these white spaces for so long and you kind of want to get out so bad, yes. like you feel like you're boxed in and yes. you feel like you're typecast and yes. you feel like you have to do these things and you're like. But I'm actually black. You know, somewhere he was growing up, like, I'm a one day grow up, but I'm going to put on a mask and I'm going to look like Michael Jackson and act on my own show. <laughs> I'm going to do white face. They did black face and I'm going to do white face. Ha, ha, ha. That's, that's, that's just what he gets. And now me. he's doing it. And, and, now, and now he has a certain space in the entertainment industry, just like Tyler Perry. Just like Kenya Just like Barris. Lee Daniels. Sorry, just like Benya Karras. Benya Karras. <laughs> Just like all those people, D. Daniels. And again, at the end, at the end of the day, what we always have to remember is mm-hmm. a lot of these people are propped up by white people. They are. They are. Let me say it again. A lot of these people, a lot of these black entertainers, headliners that are known for making all this great, you know, all this black content, are propped up by white people. They are. So, are we really here to say that? they are doing the things that black people would realistically want or are they just the people that have been chosen to deliver things to us? And listen, and listen, we understand that a lot of black folk love Atlanta and the content mm-hmm. that Donald Glover produces. I get it. And I'm not, not, and I, I'm not even saying all of it is bad. I'm I mean, not either. I'm saying, it, I mean, it, it raises interesting questions. I just think what I'm actually saying is that the substantive content that he continues to give us is always in the same lane. Mm-hmm. And it's a lane that I wish we didn't have to constantly traverse in order to have entertainment. I just wish that we could move in, in different spaces. I would love to see more of what Jordan Peele is doing, the fantasy, the fantastical. Ava DuVernay is doing a lot of this. She's doing both the regular and the fantastical. She's just like, listen, these are black folk on a farm. Look how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that kind of stuff. And I wish Donald could get to a place with himself where he could produce something like that. I'm not going to hold my breath. Me neither. So, on that note, y'all, I'm still going to recommend that you watch Swarm. I think you should watch it. It's one of those things where, afterward, I kind of feel like I could have gotten that time back in my life. Yes. But at the same time, I'm going to still recommend that you watch it. I'm just, different Just now. so that you understand. Yeah. And so that you can have this this series be done to you as it has as been, been done, done to unto us. us. Is, that a, is that a commandment? Thou shalt swarm to you <laughs> as was swarmed to us. 
Donald Glovelations. Nigelations. Nigelations. Hotepolations. Why is it always Lations? There's also some Lippians in there. Hotepolipians. Nigelipians? Nigelipians. I like Nigelipians. I like Nigelipians because it's giving the Olympic value. Exactly. It's it's like a double. Hotepolipians. Hotepolipians. We'll have to work on this. We'll workshop it. (laughs) Okay, we'll do that. All right. You can find my mom and dad, aka That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That Black Couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash colorcombosvideo. Please consider giving us 5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash colorcombosmedia. All donations are welcome. So, you know, let's, 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 let's move into the reflection. I know we had a wonderful conversation just now, and I think this episode been kind of teetering on sad. Um, so I want to, I don't know, not make it sad let's, again. Let's, let's end on an upbeat note. But let's, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's make it, let's make it juicy and nice. Okay. So next week, uh, March 31st is uh trans day of visibility. Yes, it is. And I'm really excited about this day. Um, I mean, I think mainly because I feel like there were maybe a few years ago, maybe five to seven years ago, where it was like, trans people exist. Let's put them on the cover of Time magazine and sit them on couches and ask about their genitals. Like, I I don't want to live through that anymore. Um, And as someone who has been constantly asked, about their genitals and their reproductive organs. Um, I'm hoping that when we talk about trans visibility, that we can now have more fruitful and and meaningful conversations about what that looks like. You know, I think um, I made a post about this a couple weeks ago um, with our last episode, but you know, there's just so much beautiful work being done by trans and cis black women. Um, and there are folks who I think, you know, have been working for so long at this point, you know, like I remember when I first discovered Raquel Willis's work, that had to be over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been working, you know what I'm saying? Janet Mock, like I, I will, I am so grateful I got to interview her back before her books came out, you know, and to see her growth and her experiences over the last over a decade you know what i'm saying it's incredible i just i i want i think to move past the conversations on discovery love people's interest in in exploring trans folks' bodies and lives Mm -hmm. and to just like honoring folks because they exist yeah and i think i think this moment is very very important for a day like this where now there's the movement to try and you know shove these people back into the shadows right and act like they don't exist or as what what that man's name whatever his name was like eradicate trans oh you know? my god like there's there's all of these movements now i think because there has been visibility mm-hmm. because, because there is kind of an understanding that trans people do exist and understanding what that means and that is something that's percolating through society there's now this counter movement to say no right ignore it look the other way and i think Days of visibility like this are important for that reason. Right. 
I mean, to remind people. I also think fuck that shit. Every day should be a day of visibility. Like yes. I really think that the idea that you get one day to be trans invisible is wild. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping that we're getting to a point now where these months and these days um, are less symbolic and performative and are more about, hey, like, let's challenge ourselves to not be shitheads the other 364 days of the year. <laughs> like, let's not make it this whole beautiful fanfare and ceremonial thing for one day when every other day folks are being annihilated and haunted and preyed on. Like, let's have those conversations all year. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hope we're getting there. I think, I think we're getting there. Um, and when I, and when I think, when I think about the, the trans day of visibility, I know there's a lot of people that get upset when you celebrate difference, when you highlight something. That's so fucking weird. It's so weird. But a lot of people do get upset to say, why did they get that? Or why do we got to call out them? But I think it's important to celebrate difference, but, but not to conflate difference to mean inequality right and when i say inequality i mean inhumanity right right like we are all equally human cis trans gay queer red hair bigfoot what i get red hair small pinkies damn whatever it is (laughs) this is getting real (laughs) we're all equally human but in in within that humanity we do need to celebrate the differences we do need to celebrate the things that that make us who we are and mm-hmm. how we're not homogenous yeah differences i mean I, I made a post about this a couple weeks ago but one of the things i really love about audrey lord is her embracing the difference and how important it was for her to talk about difference in her work and she's just like bro that's a site of opportunity like how great is it that we are, are not homogenous it gives us opportunities to get to know one another to work to love one another to show in in intentional care if we were all homogenous we'd have no reason to actually engage with one another as human beings because we'd already know everything we need to know about one another mm-hmm. right we know each other's needs and concerns and wants and that sounds that sounds miserable right but what we are is we're diverse and we're and we're, and we're abundant and that abundance for some people is scary because it also means accountability, right? It also means acknowledging the ways that your position or your your phenotypical life and your experiences give you privileges that other folks don't have, right? Mm-hmm. It starts to reveal things about how we all move through the world. And if we could all just be grown-ups and just have those conversations and move on, it'd be so great. It would be it would be so great. It'd be so great. Because differences are not um they're not inherently violent. They're no. only violent when they're weaponized. Mm, that's really interesting when you say it that way. They're only violent when they're weaponized. They're also and that one of the weaponizations yeah. is when people look at difference as an issue or as a problem. Absolutely. Right. Like as me being different means I have to eradicate you. Right. It means that you have I you can't have the same opportunities as right. me. It it means that I'm even just gonna look at you right differently than I look at somebody else. That that is really the only time. Yeah. When it actually becomes violent. Yeah. And that's a choice. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internet at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye.